Welcome to the Quick Fill Podcast, episode number two, where we dive into leadership, what it means to be a leader, an effective leader, um, what that has meant for us, and what it should mean for you. Yeah, leadership is one of the most vital pieces to growing your company. You need leadership in place early on, and there really is nothing more important. A good leader will motivate your people, will guide your people, and will ultimately train and grow their careers. And from that, there's no way that your company won't have success. But if you don't have that leadership, it can be a struggle to get everyone moving in the right direction. But even talented people. Talented people might work in very different ways or be working towards different goals. So it's important to have an effective leader in place to guide your people and to grow your people. And I think that's something that the executives in companies, when picking their leadership and picking who they want in leadership, they sometimes miss. Um, you know, they may pick a high producer that doesn't really have other tangible traits that they need to be an effective leader. Or they may take someone that is not as good in sales, but has a great you know, personality, is very much um, you know, an upbeat, positive person, and they throw them in where they don't have a great understanding of how to be successful. So you know, just curious, Julie, what, what do you look for in leadership? And what do you think are some characteristics of a great leader? So to bounce off what you just said, um, <clears throat> you know, obviously a high producer um, or that nice individual who doesn't really have the skill to drive sales on a, a at a personal level, um, both of those can be effective leaders. Um, you know, there there's a, it's a you never know until you put the person in the position to at least try. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, kind of just like you said, um, you're looking for someone really not only to motivate the person but or motivate a team, but really to drive and guide the team. So I think for me personally, I'm not looking for that constant motivator. I don't, I don't need a motivator. The motivation should be kind of within myself. Um, so it's really the, the driving and the guiding and the explaining the purpose of why. So I want to know if I'm, you know, an individual on a team of like what my purpose is and what the reason is that I'm being told to do something. I don't want to be told to do a report and then never see the results of it and never be, have an explanation of why I just put that together. So as long as everything, every step of the process makes sense, um, that person is doing an effective job really guiding me um, and, and telling me why I'm doing each step of the job. So someone that you know is understands the job is number one um, if I'm working for somebody that doesn't even know what I'm doing um, what my job functions are and what I should be doing that's they're not going to be effective for me um, so you know understands the job and can properly guide me to do things the correct way because they fully understand it um, you know, in the past, the most effective leaders for me are people that have been in my shoes previously. So, uh, you know, it's it's hard to sit there um, and, and take direction from a leader that's like telling me to, you know, where are the jobs? Why, you know, why aren't you closing this deal when, when they've never themselves taken a job order or closed a deal? Yeah. That makes it tough when, when it's someone, and especially because ideally, 
you're seeing a lot, and we, we talk to a ton of you know owners, CEOs, presidents of companies, and it seems often they're too quick to look outside their doors for a leader. They you know don't look to the people that are already there in their company and what they can work with them to make them an effective leader. So. You know, there may be people that are within your doors that are can be a great leader that you just need to put a little work into. But one of the things is they do have to have some level of success with the job. It can't be someone that just fell on their face and you're between putting them into a role as a you know back office credentialer or travel manager, and but they have a good personality, you're going to put them in leadership. They do need to have a level of success. They don't need to be your top biller, but they have to have an understanding of the job. They have to have, you know, even if it's a smaller sample size, do quality work that aligns with whatever your process is. I think it's just too often, um, you know, the wrong people internally are either put into those roles or they look elsewhere outside of your company. If you're looking outside of your company, for someone that has leadership experience, they probably don't align with what you do internally. So often it doesn't work out that way as well. Um, you know, I think one more piece too, where I think we've seen a lot that, at least early on in our career, that someone would be a top biller and they would throw them right into leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of times you have your top billers. They, you know, a, a good salesperson is organized chaos a lot of times, and you really they get into those roles and they're still working it, you know, working things where they're not sitting back to understand people enough that they're just pushing them into the way they did things that made Mm -hmm. them successful and that, you know, what makes them successful, some of those things may not apply to other people. Yeah. You know, everyone has different personality styles, works very differently and and should work within their personality style. Um, If I'm being forced to work the way even Randy works, we, we work completely different. We have, and we have pretty similar personalities, but we, we really, um, operate quite differently. (laughs) So, um, if I was forced to, you know, work his style, I would drive myself crazy. It would like close off my, um, ability to think creatively. I probably, I just, you know, I, I'd be so focused on following along his suit that I wouldn't be able to effectively perform in my role. Um, even when, you know, we had an example of that recently, you took and made a meeting using one of my meeting outlines or my training outlines. And it didn't feel right to you when you finally completed the training. Mm-hmm. You said, this isn't me because it isn't, it was me. And so I think that's something to keep in mind with, you know, your, anyone's work as a, as a leader, you know, the way one person does things, the fundamentals are still the same, but they have their own way of doing it. And you do need to be able to adapt to that. Yeah. And, and I think that's what will make you successful is letting your own traits shine. Um, you know, so like Randy was saying, if you're pulling your top producer just because they're the top producer um, and throwing them into a leadership role and they might really not be a fit because they they can't take a step back and figure out like, hey, every single person on my team 
actually has a very different style about them. Um, you know, some people are, you know, even just like type A, type B, um, and how differently those two types work. Um, but it goes way beyond that. And um, some people need a lot more direction where other people don't want to be micromanaged. And you kind of got to learn and roll with the punches to figure out and take time to sit with each member of your team one-on-one and figure out, you know, who they are, what is their style, what are their strengths and weaknesses. So you can really um, play on those um, and and guide them the right way depending on what their strengths and weaknesses are. And so I think another piece is you look at, you know, I'll scroll through LinkedIn or, or really anywhere that I'll find things addressing leadership and it'll have the leader versus manager, which I hate because they make it so, you know, leader is what you want to be, which is inspirational, motivational, you're leading the way, you're in the trenches with the rest of the team. But a manager, they're making like your old school boss. But they're, to be an effective leader, there is a management piece because everything you just talked about is essentially analyzing each person and managing them differently in order to motivate them and grow them to different places. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's something, it's not really leadership versus management. There's it's leadership. Yeah, it's you leadership and management. And I think that's a big piece. You need to understand the management aspect of it to lead someone properly, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big piece. I would say for me, the number one, I guess, characteristic I would look for in a leader is that they're typically the hardest worker in the room, that they're going to be someone, the way you can truly lead is to lead by example. That's, for me, I've only, I'm only able to respond to someone that leads by example. Mm -hmm. If you don't work as hard as me or close to as hard as me, then you can't lead me. You can't tell me, and that's my personality, I'm hard-headed at times, um, for sure. But if you're not willing to put in work on the weekends, but expect me to put in work on the weekends, uh, that's tough for me to grasp. Same thing. If you're telling me to stay because a job opened or a new candidate came available that we really need to place, but you're not willing to stay and put in some work yourself and, and, and lead by example, I don't respond well to that. And I don't think many people do. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also think that, um, you know... It, Taking the time to really listen to your employees is is a huge you know is a huge upper hand for leaders because I've I've had leaders that um, you know I had the same conversation with maybe two hundred times and it was like the first time every single time so they never actually they might have been you know talking to me but they weren't actively listening and they just never understood conceptually where I was at with the job um or say we ran into an issue they never took the time to really sit and understand what was going on to give me you know the the correct advice so you know time and time again the same occurrence would come up or we'd have the same conversation and nothing changed. And so that gets really frustrating too when you just have that, you feel like you're addressing the same issue with your manager or your leader um, over and over again. And 
they don't give you any advice um, and they don't help work you through the problem. And and for me, these were like high level issues. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, I don't know what to do. Um, I am not getting feedback on a candidate. This is like I was, you know, running a a team and I was running a division and my leader just, you know, really, like I said, I was having the same conversations with him over and over and over again and, and we weren't getting anywhere. And that, and that really, you know, delayed our advancement as a, as a division because I didn't have someone that was helping drive, drive yeah. me or, or the division. Yeah. And I think that you have to look in the mirror when things aren't going right as a leader. It's a lot of times you told someone to do something and the result wasn't what you expected. And we immediately go back and tell them to do it again, or maybe tell them louder to do it again. Or maybe we put, you know, it doesn't happen again. And we give them a warning that something will happen, put repercussions along with it. But in reality, when you look in the mirror, maybe you didn't explain or talk to them and make them understand in a way that is conducive to their learning style. So for example, if I'm to tell you to take out the trash and I come back two hours later and the trash isn't taken out. Did you do something wrong or did I do something wrong? Most people would be like, well, you told her to take out the trash. And if, you know, she works for you, she should have done what you told her. Well, who's to say she's not going to do it yet? I didn't say take out the trash now. I didn't say take out the trash within the next two hours. I said take out the trash. That who knows when that means. So there's a lot of detail. There's a lot of really one, making sure you explain things that adapt to each person, but also checking to make sure the comprehension's there in the conversation and setting verbal contracts with everything that needs to be done once they understand. You can't effectively do that. You can't get someone to buy in and agree to something if they don't understand. So it's really taking the time to help them understand. Um, you know, one more thing with with leadership, I think it's you know, it's big for for leadership to be really in the business. Too many times it's either you get micromanaged mm-hmm. or your leader is completely removed. It's finding a balance for that. I think that's something, um, you know, when I first met you, you were obviously managing a large division in company. It was something that I always admired is your people were so in touch with you that one, they loved working for you, but two, you never had to go find problems because they knew one, you either knew about them because you knew the business mm-hmm. better than anyone else, or they came to you with them because you knew the business better than anyone else. So, um, you know, what do you think or like, what are some other things as far as that? Like, how do you get involved in the business, I guess, without micromanaging, but still understanding everything that's going on? Um, you know, it's, it's staying, it's keeping re- like close contact with your people. So, I mean, for me personally, I'm, I'm really good at just, you know, I, I always appreciated having a desk on the floor. I didn't remove myself and <clears throat> put myself in an office where I couldn't hear what was going on. So being on the floor, being around my people and hearing them on the phone, um, even if I'm tuning into five different conversations at once, 10 different conversations at once, I'm tuning in and I can hear when something is going wrong. Um, that was always a, a big piece for me is being easily accessible right there on the floor um, and taking those opportunities to do a quick, you know, be available on the floor and do a quick, like, learn uh, on the floor training right right in the moment. Um, 
But also properly, you know, managing KPIs and knowing what you're looking for in KPIs and using those KPIs to find where my team was weak or where we were exceeding and using those as training opportunities um, rather than, you know, a lot of managers, leaders go after their people like, oh, why aren't you hitting um, your KPIs, coming down on them? Where's this? Where's that? Where are your recruits? Where where are the jobs? Where are the submittals? Um, you can't constantly be harping because that really isn't going to drive production. Driving production is going to be sitting down with them and figuring out, okay, the reason why you're lacking submittals is because you're not talking to enough new people every single day. So let's figure out how to get you talking to more new people, and that's going to automatically up your submittal rate. Um, you know, um, something to kind of bounce off what Randy just said, too, about, you know, the, the leader being in the business. Um, I had two different experiences um, with different companies. And one company, my leader was my greatest mentor. Um, he was in the business. He you know, started off in an entry-level role, worked his way up to owning the company. And he still to this day, I think about some of the lessons I've learned from him. And I'll always reflect on you know, the meetings I've had with him um, and what he has taught me, not only on... Um, you know, uh, a level just to better the my leadership skills while in the business, but just as a whole, like what I've been able to take with me. Um, on the flip side, my, the the leader I worked for at another company um, really was removed from the business. Had never, you know, never made a local tenants call in his life, um, and I really, you know, I, I left that job feeling like I really never learned a single. A single thing from him. Um, I, I didn't, there was no big takeaway when I walked away other than, wow, I know exactly what I would never turn a company into. Um, <laughs> and I, and I know the type of leader that I would never want to become. So, um, the bad experiences help too, you know, realizing yeah, what doesn't work well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the good help shape you, but the bad help mold you, I think to realize, okay, you've seen what works, you've seen what doesn't work, and now I'm a better person because of it because now I can really lead effectively um, with whoever I, I manage because I've, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And for that leader of yours, kind of back to one of the previous points, if anything, you know, if your group or your division or your company is not where you expect it to be, step one is to look in the mirror. You know, your great leaders you've had probably looked in the mirror and said, you know, how do I explain this better? How do I make my point hit home? That's your production as a leader is how your people absorb your message and your trainings and your guidance. Um, and then the other one probably looked, and I'm assuming to blame, you know, to say you're not hitting this number and mm -hmm. I believe it should be here and never saying why they think it should be there, what justification is behind it, what experiences they have. And you know, it is their job to look in the mirror and say, what can I do better? Otherwise, they're not doing their job. So it's just step one with any, you know, production issues or any issues you're having with your company is always to take a long look in the mirror. And usually if the majority of people aren't getting it, then it's something with you. And, and that can be changed. It's just you need to realize that first. Um, you know, I think the other piece is good leadership 
plays into this whole culture buzzword that goes around everywhere and everyone wants to have the best culture. They want people to enjoy their work. And I think your groups and your teams, every time I've walked into an office of yours, and I remember early on my office that I was in when we were at the same company was miserable. It was the, it was just, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. Was it. Cold. Yeah, it was cold. Exactly that. It was cold. And then you would, anytime you and your team were around or your office, when, you know, people would go down to where you guys were in Florida, um, everyone was like, that office is so amazing. But there was nothing different. It was set up essentially the same, but it was the vibe, right? And the vibe was because of the way that office was led, you know, from the top down, really. It was everything was production-based that drove your culture, but it was also knowing you had good leadership in place that was there to to really help you and guide you versus there to inspect you. And that's a big piece of it too when there's errors back to what you talked about about the reviews you know doing your monthly reviews all that stuff should be tools to guide production it should not be there for reprimand it should not be there to write someone up now is there times that's going to have to happen well sure it may but at the end of the day if you're using those effectively then people aren't going to be scared of reviews anymore they're not going to be scared of missing a number because they know if they miss that number you're there as a leader to help them hit that so they can hit their overall goal yeah the ultimate goal is to have them look forward to those reviews um because it's you know it's 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 good it's good feedback for them it's eye-opening to see like maybe maybe last month they really you know zoned in on one area of the job and they put a, a, a lot of um you know time and attention to this one area so then the next month another area slipped so now they look at the review and they figure out like okay like I see how that happened because I was putting so much time and energy on new recruits that I got away from submittals um so it helps them realize okay well I got to like balance my time a little bit more effectively um plan my days out a little bit more effectively so I you know so one side or the other doesn't slip um but yeah yeah. I mean that's you think of anything else and I always go back to sports analogies I guess or sports examples it's you know even whether you win or lose the game on Sunday you watch the film from the game that next week and you look at what you did well you look at what you can improve upon and how that can better your process overall win or lose and that's how it should work with your reviews as a leader you should be looking at those with that person having dialogue around the reviews understanding each number of theirs, talking to them about what the numbers, what story the numbers tell, and and putting that together to better that person. So, and I think that's again, that's the biggest thing. When people aren't afraid of KPIs, aren't afraid of reviews, aren't afraid of doing something wrong, then that changes the whole vibe of of your team. Yeah, and I've talked to you know a lot of company owner, owners recently who don't even do reviews with their people. So that's like, you know, super de- detrimental um, because no one even knows what they're striving for. And then all of a sudden, you know, they'll send out a random report saying you're lacking, um, <laughs> your sales numbers are lacking. <laughs> and I, Yeah, I don't know how anyone would, I mean, I would go crazy if I didn't have a gauge of how I was doing. Right. And, and you know, and then there's some companies that only do an annual review. So you only get reviewed once a year. Um 
you know, at your annual review and what, I mean, there's so much growth between year one and year two, year three and year four. So, um, it's like, you're just kind of left in the dark and, and on top of it, a lot of companies aren't even doing any, you know, training, um, beyond the new hire training. So really it's just, they're being reprimanded when they're not hitting their, you know, fill ratios or they're not hitting their, um, revenue numbers, but there's really no front end. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't have a measure on at least a review on a monthly basis, of where you're at. I mean, that's just not as a leader, not being in touch with the business. That's you failing your people or being in touch with your people. Yeah. But both of them, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you need to be in touch with the people with the business at all times. I mean, I'm sure those companies that don't, if you review once a year, you probably talk to your employees about once a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine it's much more, um, you know, so that's, there's there's a middle ground between you know obviously micromanaging and and not managing or not leading at all they're they're intertwined if i'm saying management leadership they're the, they're the same cuz you need to do both yeah but there is micromanagement is is breathing on someone's neck telling yeah, them all right call this now but to ins- to look at the numbers and use them as a tool People will never see that as micromanaging when you do it to improve their work. Right, yeah. I mean, I think the two of us, um, we both have teams that really, you know, looked looked highly um, upon us and really used us as, as a tool to help their careers grow. But they've never once, I don't think anyone would ever use say to us, no. like, oh, you were a micromanager. That you, I mean, and, and we were extremely in touch with, with, their, with the business, with their day-to-day, but... N- never made them feel like they were being micromanaged. Well, and if they, you know, and, and someone that was newer or didn't know us that well might have thought that at one point, but even if they tried to hide it, we figured it out through talking with them and then explained to them more. You know, maybe we didn't do a great job explaining why you need to hit this number, that number, why we want you to, what it leads to in the formula of the business. But we figured it out through being in touch with those people. And, and it's, again, conversation and dialogue and connecting with your people is always going to identify any errors, um, any areas of, of you know, non-comprehension. So, um, again, that's the biggest piece. As a leader, you really need to be in touch with your people, be in touch with your business. And just to kind of sum it up here, so good leader who says, obviously, in touch with their people, in touch with the business, understands the business. Um, you know, obviously a hard worker. You have to be one of the hardest working people in the room. Um, you know, you want someone, an upbeat person. You need to be energetic. Um, you know, you don't have to be over the top. I don't I don't necessarily love when, and have it be genuine, right? Yeah. I, when it's nothing. a fake saying all the time, I mean, that's, there's literally nothing worse than when you just right. see when someone. When you have one slogan that you use yeah. over and over again, there's nothing worse than that. Just go do it kill the day it's i mean it's you just need stuff with with substance behind it people know if you're faking right i mean there's no such thing as fake it till you make it everyone in the room knows you're faking yeah so just don't fake it if you don't have something that day you don't have it you know don't don't force it just you know do what your people need adapt to it um understand it and and you'll be a good leader but it's really it's just it's knowing your stuff and wanting to continue to get to know the business and get to know your people 
and continue to learn. Yeah. And it makes your job as a leader a lot more enjoyable, and um, your team will certainly appreciate that. And um, you know, they're going to grow a lot faster when they see that there's meaning and purpose behind your day to day. Definitely. If you're wondering again, like what, you know, when you guys have had success as leaders or when you, you know, train leadership now, you know, what are the things that they look at and how do they use them to grow their employees? You know, what KPIs matter? Um, you know, how do I explain, you know, why does it matter? Some leaders might not even know. And how do I get that across to my team so that they want to hit that number mm -hmm. rather than they're doing it so they don't get fired or whatever? Um, we'll get into that for sure in, in future uh, podcasts. And, you know, right here, I just think it was good to go over what a leader looks like. Yeah, that was fun. Cool. All right. Well, that's all we got. Again, um, quick fill podcast. Tune in, share, like, do whatever, click things you can do. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we hope everyone enjoyed it. Thanks, guys.